we're going to be doing today is I'm going to be starting a new series and I'm calling the series Foundations of the Faith. And what I'm doing with Foundations of the Faith is I'm simply going to be talking about some things that I find to be most important for us as Christians. And just in case anybody needs to use the restroom while the message is going on, I'm going to ask you if you go upstairs to take that route rather than walking behind because everybody watches you when they pass behind. And so we're just going to ask you, take this route that way or if you slip that way but not in front of the projectors. So today we are starting a series called Foundations of the Faith. And the first message in this series, I want to call the call to discipleship. The call to discipleship. And I believe that God has called each of us to do something special for him. And we're going to be examining this call to discipleship this morning. But before we go into talking about this call. Go Church wants to focus on the military in our community in a very big way. We have a number of people who are military people on our team and we want to recognize our military people. So just in case you didn't sign up for that when Pastor Jane was talking about it, please remember to do that. But I want to share a little story about this man who was in the military, well, he wanted to be in the military, and he saw an advertisement for a Morse code interpreter. Now, Morse code is not that popular anymore, but once upon a time, you would have a little machine, and they would just tap, tip, 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 and by that, someone at the other end would interpret what is being said. And so this person went in to have this interview to be a Morse code interpreter or Morse, Morse code sender. And he got up late that morning, didn't get a chance to comb his hair, wasn't ready to go and get this nice military job. And when he arrived in the place, he looked around and all the soldiers were ready in their uniforms, they were neat, everything was okay. He looked around for a moment, then he got up and went inside the room, and in less than five seconds, he came back out and said, I got the job, everybody, you may leave. What happened? What happened is that he entered the room and as soon as he entered the room, he heard a tapping. The job is yours, come in. The job is yours, come in. And he went in, and the person said, you're hired, tell everybody else to leave. What happened is, he heard the call. He heard the call and God is calling 
every single one of us. And the question is, have we heard his call? In Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20, Jesus gives us our going orders. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. So last week we saw how these disciples were ashamed and they were isolated and they were uncertain and they were, were doubting. And then we saw how with the power of the resurrection, these disciples had a transformation in their lives. For the first time, they were stepping out and they were stepping out in power because of what God has done for them, because of what Jesus Christ had done for them. Over the next 10, year, 10 days after, his after he rose from the dead, he appeared to them at one stage, he appeared to 40 people, at one stage he appeared to just two on a road to Emmaus. He appeared to them and he assured them of what was happening. And just before he left earth, he gave this commandment. Now, it's very important for us to understand that if you are going away forever, the final thing that you say to the people before you leave is usually very important. And when Jesus Christ, just about the time he was about to be raised up into heaven, he gave this commandment. He said, this is the commission I am giving to you Go into all the world and make disciples. So there is a call for us to go into the world and make disciples. However, before we can go into the world and make disciples, guess what? We ourselves have to be disciples. We can't go into all the world and make disciples if we ourselves have never come to the point where we are have given our lives to God and said, Lord, I want to be your disciple. Now this word disciple is a word we don't use so much anymore. And I want to make a very clear point right here because as we're talking about going and the call to be a disciple, what we need to understand is that there is no difference between being a disciple and being a Christian. Let me repeat it. There is absolutely no difference between being a disciple and being a Christian. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 verse 27. So it was that for a whole year they assembled, these are Christians, with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So many of us have heard about this Antioch church. And the Christians were coming together and they were worshiping together. They were breaking bread together. They were doing everything together. 
And while they were doing all of this, the people started to call them Christians. So because there is no difference between being a disciple and being a Christian, what we need to understand is when we say, I'm a Christian, we're really saying, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. And notice what Jesus Christ said to when he said, go and make disciples. He said, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So our first task is to observe all the things that Jesus Christ taught us. So we're going to talk about this call. We're going to be talking about this, this call to discipleship and what it means for us. And so what I will do is I will look a little bit for at the call of a person in the Old Testament by the name of Gideon. Gideon was a very important person. But before we go into that, I just want for those of you who are keeping a track of where we're going, next week I'm going to be taking us to the second part of this message where we're going to be talking about the ordinary supernatural life. Because we're starting by talking about the call to discipleship. And the next week, I'm going to take it a little bit further where we talk about, now that I have heard the call to discipleship, what do I do about it? What do I do in my everyday life? How do I live out this call on a day-to-day -day basis? So let's just pray. And I promise I'm not going to be keeping you much longer than beyond the 12 o'clock hour. I'm, you don't have to be worrying that I'm going to be keeping you in a two-hour service today. No, no, nothing like that. So let's pray as we go right into the Word. Lord, we just give you thanks, Lord, for what you have done for us. Thank you that you died on the cross and that you were buried and that you didn't stay in the tomb, but you, were, you rose from the dead. And we thank you, Lord, that when you rose from the dead, you were risen triumphantly and that you ascended into heaven, but that you have given us a commission to make disciples of all nations, Lord. And so, Lord, I ask you this morning that we will hear this call to discipleship, that we will hear what you are saying to us, Lord. So help us now, we pray in Jesus' name. To hear your call. Amen. Amen. There's a man by the name of Joseph Campbell. And Joseph Campbell is a person who has studied mythology. He's a person who has studied different types of stories. And he has looked at the stories that are most captivating. And he wrote a book called The Hero's Journey. And when Joseph Campbell examined the hero's journey, he discovered that in the best stories, and you go, you, most of us have been to movies, in the best stories with a hero, they usually follow a certain pattern. And here's the pattern. There is somebody living an ordinary life. Everything is going the way they want to go. They're just doing their normal job. There's nothing major about it. And somewhere in the middle of living their ordinary lives, something happens that causes a change. Normally, somebody knocks at the door, hands them an envelope. Somebody comes and says, guess what? 
we need you to do this, we need you to save the world. So something happens that is a call to adventure. And this call to adventure is usually very important. But the problem with the call to, to adventure is that when we hear this call to adventure, guess what most people do? There is a refusal of the call. Because we hear the call, do this, I want you to do this for me, but you say, hey, I'm just living my normal life. Just, just keep your adventure to yourself, but I will do something else. I'm going to show you a clip from a movie. You guys know I'm a, a movie guy. I'm into communication, and so I, I like to show scenes from movies in the middle of my service, sermons, and we're going to be doing this from time to time. We're also going to be having dance, and we're going to be having the spoken word in the middle of the message because I believe in the arts. But let's just take this, look at this clip from The Lord of the Rings. Now, I know that some of you here might be Lord of the Ring buffs. If you are, just raise your hand. Okay. So, I don't want to be embarrassed by, by saying anything wrong about Lord of the Rings today, but we're going to play this clip and then we'll talk. This is the all-important ring. Hold out your hand, Frodo. It's quite cool. Okay, just pause it right here. What can you... Okay, so see that ring? For those of you who are not Lord of the Ring people, what happens is that there were several rings that were made. And these rings were very important rings. And why they're so important is that the people who control the rings rule over their communities. But there was one ring that was made that was the biggest, most important ring. And whoever owned that ring, that person would rule all the other people who owned the rings. And so here is this guy, Frodo. And Frodo is about to be given the task of taking care of this ring. But the problem is the ring Everybody who get a hold of that ring, they find that they get so powerful that evil corrupts them. So we're going to see Frodo get this task of taking care, being the custodian of the ring you just saw in his hand. See? Can you see anything? Nothing. There's nothing. Wait. There are markings. It's some form of elvish. I can't read it. There are few who can. The language is that of Mordor, which I will not utter here. Mordor? In the common tongue, it says one ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all. And in the darkness, bite them. This is the one ring forged by the Dark Lord Sauron in the fires of Mount Doom, taken by Isildur from the hand of Sauron himself. 
Amber found it. In Gollum's cave. Yes. For 60 years, the ring lay quiet in Bilbo's keeping, prolonging his life, delaying old age. But no longer, Frodo. Evil is stirring in Mordor. The ring has awoken. It's heard its master's call. But he was destroyed. Sauron was destroyed. No, Frodo. The spirit of Sauron endured. His life force is bound to the ring, and the ring survived. Sauron has returned. His orcs are multiplied. His fortress of Barador is rebuilt in the land of Mordor. Sauron needs only this ring to cover all the lands of a second darkness. He is seeking it. Seeking it all, his thought is bent on it. The ring yearns above all else to return to the hand of its master. They are one. The ring and the Dark Lord. Frodo, he must never find it. All right. We put it away. We keep it hidden. We never speak of it again. No one knows it's here, do they? Do they, Gandalf? There is one other who knew that Bilbo had the ring. I looked everywhere for the creature Gollum, but the enemy found him first. I don't know how long they tortured him. But amidst the endless screams and the inane babble, they discerned two words. Baggins! Sure. Baggins? That will lead them here. Who goes there? Take it, Gandalf. Take it. No, Frodo. You must take it. You cannot offer me this ring. I'm giving it to you. Don't tempt me, Frodo. I dare not take it. Not even to keep it safe. Understand, Frodo. I would use this ring from a desire to do good. Through me, it would wield a power too great and terrible to imagine. But it cannot stay in the Shire. No. No, it can't. What must I do? You must leave. And leave quickly. Okay. Where? Where do I go? So there we see. A task has been given. And guess what? What we see in this film is what we do in real life when we get a task. We are so afraid of tasks right up front that our first reaction is to say, no, I cannot do it. And God is calling all of us to action this morning. And many of us, when we hear the call, guess what we say? Let the pastor do it. <laughs> Let somebody else do it. If I don't do it, somebody else will do it. But guess what? The call is for you. I want us to, take, to go right to the Bible right now. And I want to look at the life of Gideon. And we're going to be reading from Judges chapter 6, 
verses 1 to 24. And I've asked three persons to come and help me to read this passage from Judges chapter 6. And we have three mics here. Judges chapter 6, verses 1 to 24. Because this is a story of the call of Gideon. And as Gideon has received this call, he must now make a decision what he's about to do with the call on his life. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years, and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds, which are the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up. Also, Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts, for they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, and it came to pass. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent out a prophet to the children of Israel, who said to them, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. My Lord, if the Lord is with us, and why did all this happen to us? And were his miracles that our father spoke to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? My Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my plan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Mediites as one man. If now I have favor in your sight, then prove to me that you're the one that I talk to. Do not depart from me, I pray you, before, until I come back to you and bring my offering and set it before you. I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket, he put in the, and he put the broth in a pot. And he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. 
the angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And the fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now, Midi now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, my Lord God, for I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Peace be with you. Do not fear, for you will not die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it is still an Ophrah of the Abyss rites. Amen. So the story, we, the story we just saw was a story of Gideon. And the children of Israel were being oppressed by their enemies, the Midianites. And notice what Gideon said. He said, I am of the smallest tribe of the smallest house. He was from the house of Joash. And there was no Joashites that we could talk about. He was from a very small tribe. And when God called him, God said, I want you to do something. And immediately, what he wanted to do, no, I'm not really qualified for this job. In fact, Gideon was from the tribe of Manasseh. And Manasseh is one of the sons of Joseph. Now, if you don't know the story of Joseph, Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And what happened was that Joseph took his two sons to Jacob to be blessed. And when he took his two sons to Jacob to be blessed, he put the older son on his left hand and his younger son on his right hand so that Jacob would go and just put his right hand on the older son and bless him and his left hand on the other son. But guess what Jacob did? He crossed his hands and he blessed them like this. So now what happened was that the younger son was getting the blessing of the firstborn. And so Manasseh was, was robbed of his birthright. And so this line that Gideon fall under was the line of Manasseh. And he was one of the smallest, most insignificant persons in the whole tribe of Israel. And so we need to examine the call that was upon the life of Gideon. And the first thing I want you to notice about this call that was on the life of Gideon, that it was a personal call. God said to him, the Lord is with you. Notice he didn't say, the Lord is with your tribe. Notice he didn't say, the Lord is with the, 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 the army of Israel. He said, no, no, the Lord is with you. And the call that God has for us is a personal call this morning. So don't be looking around and saying, somebody else will do this. Because God has given this role to you. The next thing is that the call was not just a personal call, but it was one that, that Gideon didn't want to accept immediately, as you saw dramatized here this morning. I remember when I 
was a child in, growing up in Kingston, Jamaica, and my story is one where God called me at a very early age. I was just living my ordinary life, and my father was a Jehovah's Witness. And because he was a Jehovah's Witness, he wanted me to grow up in the Jehovah's Witness group. And that was good for me. It was good for me because I couldn't remember the Lord's Prayer. And every night our, our mother, before we went to bed, would make sure that we, we, we knelt down by the bedside and we would have to say the Lord's Prayer. And I couldn't remember it. And every time I couldn't remember it, she would help me to remember. But when my father said, no, no, leave him alone. Let him just go to the kingdom hall when he wants. That was good for me. But one day I heard my sister talking to my mother. And she said, mama, what would happen if God came back and everybody went to heaven and Chris went to hell? That was bad. That was really bad. And I was just about eight years old at the time. And so when I heard that, I wanted to make sure that my life was what it should be. And I don't know if you guys remember in 1973 when Jesus Christ Superstar came out. I was just about eight years old at the time. And there was a thirst and a hunger in me to find out what is this God and how can I have a real relationship with him when I heard it? Because I didn't want to go to hell. And so when Jesus Christ Superstar came out, I, I asked my mother, can I go to see Jesus Christ Superstar? And nobody else in the family wanted to go. And because I grew up in a rough neighborhood, by that time where you're eight years old, you can go to the movie by yourself, seriously. And so my mother, my, my mother said, go ahead and go to the movie. And I went to that movie by myself. And I remember sitting down. And I didn't even know that the movie was a bad movie. I thought it was a good movie. Jesus Christ, I'm going to see. And I'm there in the theater watching this musical. And I remember sitting down in that theater by myself, eight years old, and crying. When Jesus hung on that cross. You know why? Because God had his hand on me from when I was a child, and he had called me. And I wonder how many of us here this morning, you can look back to your childhood and you can say, truly, God had been calling me from I was a child, even though I, I stayed away. God had been calling me all this time. And he has been calling you for a specific purpose. So first we, we, we see where the call was a personal call. Then the call was a call that looked beyond where Gideon was at the particular moment to his potential. Because notice what it said. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. God is not looking at where you are right now. He, the call he has on your life is a call where he says, it doesn't matter where you stand right now. I am calling you because you are a powerful person and I want to do something through your life. This picture that we have here was Gideon blowing his trumpet when he broke the, the vessels and, and had lights that he would show. And Gideon, from the moment he was hiding behind the wine press, 
The wine, normally when you're, you're doing wheat, you do it out in the open. But he was hiding behind the wine press because he was a nervous fellow. He was a young one in his father's home. But now we see him standing up and he's blowing the trumpet. And he's saying, I am doing something mighty for God. And it doesn't matter who you are right now. God wants you to do something mighty for him. And the call is for each and every one of us to take up that call and to change our lives completely. The next thing about the call was it was a call to be courageous. From the point where he was standing behind, hiding, threshing wheat, God said, I want you to go out and do something powerful for me. You have to be courageous. Verse 14 and verse 16. And here's what God says. I will provide everything you need for the task. How about that? The great God that we were singing about this morning says, everything that you need for the task that I have called you to, I am going to give that to you. Then it was also a call to humility and service. Notice what Gideon did. Immediately he said, Lord, hang on. Let me go and let me prepare something for you and serve you. And the call that God has in our lives is a call to service. Each and every one of us need to be serving God. And how are you going to serve God? You're going to serve God with your whole heart. You're going to give him the best you have. Then, it was a call that was based on God's supernatural abilities. Notice what God, di God did. When Gideon brought him the meat and he put on the stone, God just touched it, the stone with his staff, and fire came up. The thing about this fire that came up, that fire shows us that God accepted the sacrifice of Gideon. Because remember the story of Cain and Abel? The story of Cain and Abel, Abel didn't do what was right. Abel did presented the, the proper sacrifice, what God required. And when he presented what God required, God accepted his sacrifice, but he didn't accept the sacrifice of Cain. And so Gideon served God the way God wanted to be served. And here's something we need to know. We must not make up our own way of serving God. We cannot serve God the way we want to serve God. We have to serve God the way He wants to be served. Because that is the call for us to do what He wants done the way He wants it done. There are some reasons why some of us don't hear the call. And I'm just going to go through some of them quickly. First, we don't know how to hear God's voice. And if you don't know how to hear God's voice, over a period of time, we're going to be helping you to listen to God and hear his voice. Some feel that the task that God has for you might be too big. Some people feel that, I just don't know how to handle this. Well, here's how you can recognize God. When, when you start feeling that he's calling you to do something, that's not the devil calling you to do something good for God. It's God calling you to do something. You have, have you ever been on a mission trip? The reason you went on that mission trip is because the Spirit of God was wooing you and saying, I want you to serve me. I want you to do something for me. 
When your friends are doing other things, you want to go to church. You know why? Because there's a tug on your heart saying, I want to serve God. Sometimes we have insecurities in our lives. We have insecurities. Are people really going to accept me? Are people going to listen to me the way I want to be listened to? Do I have some, some issues that I need to work out that will, will, is causing people to not look on me the way they should look at me? Then sometimes we don't listen to the call of God on our lives because we're afraid of accepting the call for discipleship. Just the same way Frodo in our store, in our, the film, was afraid of accepting that ring because he's not sure what change that will bring to him. It's the same way God is calling us, but sometimes we are afraid of the changes that it will cause. Then there's peer pressure. Peer pressure, we don't want to stand out. We don't want to seem as if we are, we are something different. And our friends, because of this peer pressure thing, cause us to, to shirk the responsibility of God. And then finally, sometimes it's just because of disobedience. We are just plain old, I hear God calling me to do something, but I'm going to not do it because of whatever reason. Just disobedience. I believe this morning that God is calling each one of us. And if you don't yet know the task that God has called you to, we're going to come alongside you in Go Church and help you to discern the call of God in your life. Because we believe that when you find the call of God on your life, you will be in the place that he wants you to be. And so we want to come alongside you and help you. So I'm going to pray this morning. I'm going to be praying for us and I'm going to be asking if you have sensed the call of God in your life. You have sensed the call. You, you can't quite put your finger on it as yet. You don't quite know how I should be serving God. I want to pray for you this morning. If you know that you know that God is, is leading you in some way, we want to make sure that we pray for you because it's time for us to grow again. If you have been growing as a Christian and your growth as a Christian has stagnated, it's time to grow again because there is a call of God on your life. If you have been at the point where you used to witness to others, but you can't tell the last time you opened your mouth and shared the gospel with somebody else, it's time to grow again because there's a call on your life. If you used to be anxious or excited, not anxious, but excited to do something for God, but that call has waned, it's time to get excited again if there has been a delay in your service to God a delay in you stepping out and doing the thing that God has called you to do it's time again I'm going to ask you to stand
and I want to pray for you this morning. But even before I call on those who have been hearing the call of God in your life, I wonder if there's anyone here this morning who have heard the call of God to follow Jesus Christ, but you have never given your life to Him. If you're like that, I want you to just raise your hand right now. We want to pray with you. There's a call to discipleship, but before you can disciple others, you need to be a disciple yourself. Have you heard the call? If, if, if not, raise your hand right now. I want to pray with you. If you have been a Christian for however long and you have heard the call of God saying, be my disciple. But for some reason that call has diminished, that call has waned. I'm just going to ask you right in your seat, just raise your hand right now because we want to pray with you. All heads bowed right now. If you have heard the call but for some reason that call is not being fulfilled the way you know God wants you to just raise your hand I want to pray for you I see some hands around here right now Lord I thank you I thank you Lord that you have called us I thank you Lord that you are calling each and every one of us to be your disciple, Lord. Father, I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you will touch your people, Lord. And Father, that this call, this call, Lord God, that you have upon their lives, Lord, I just ask that you would come and touch your people, O God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would just lay your hands upon them that we will not reject your call anymore, Lord. But Lord, that we would do the things that you are calling us to do. Lord, I thank you for those who have heard the call and they're, they're working. They're doing the things that you're asking them to do, Lord. Give them more, Lord. Give them more, Lord. Increase your glory in their lives, Lord. I ask you, Heavenly Father, that your, your, your power would just be upon your people. I ask you, Heavenly Father, that you would fill them. Grant, Lord, that we would never find ourselves outside of our calling, but that, Lord, you would just touch your people. So come, Lord Jesus, and fill us with your glory. Come, Lord Jesus, and touch your people. Lord, thank you for the call. Thank you that you have so loved us, that you have called us to your service now my brothers and sisters the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, shalom. His perfect peace. Now go 
into all the world and make disciples in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And lo, the Lord is with you always, even until the end of the age. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you for being in Go Church this morning. If you need prayer, come forward. Some of our team members will be happy to pray with you. Join us upstairs for a time of cafe. God bless you. Go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.